Welcome to Sports Bites, the podcast that serves up a winning combination of sports and food. Get ready to dive into the latest scores and game analysis, all while savoring discussions about your favorite game day snacks and culinary delights. I'm your host, Chris Joseph, and together we will explore the delicious intersection of athleticism and gastronomy. So let's kick off this flavorful journey of episode nine. This week's action for the top 10 in college football. Not a lot of great games, I should say. Um, We haven't really gotten to that meat of the schedule yet, but Coming up next week, there are some ball games for you. But we'll go over the top 10 and who they're playing this week. Number one, Georgia hosts South Carolina. Will this be the game that the dogs get a test? No. Will Spencer Rattler be the best quarterback on the field? Probably. South Carolina will look to capture the momentum that they had at the end of last year when they knocked off Tennessee Clemson back-to-back weeks. However, I feel the dogs are on another level. You know, Carson Beck. Needs to continue to try to find a way to get the ball to Brock Bowers. I hope that the dogs can get some ground game going. Now, the Bulldogs are favored by 27.5 with an over of 54.5. I, I just, maybe the over, but I would stay away from 27.5. I'm just, I don't feel real confident about that. Number two, Michigan hosts Bowling Green. Uh, welcome another bludgeoning at the big house. The Michigan O-line will do like they've done all year and grind the opposition in the dust and maul them the entire game, giving Blake Corn plenty of room to run and J.J. McCarthy plenty of time to throw the ball. While Big Blue has had it easy early in the season, they would like to see the defense create a few more turnovers. I mean, the defense is only responsible for turning having one turnover. They've got one interception on the year. Michigan favored by 40, an over of 53 and a half. I would probably, Bowling Green, man, I don't know if they if they'd score enough. Maybe I would flirt with. I'd probably still go the under, and uh, Bowling Green plus the forty and a half. I mean, that's that's, just, that's a lot of points. Florida State they head to Chestnut Hill to take on Boston College in the Knowles ACC opener. Now the Knowles handled Southern Miss last weekend, setting the high mark for points scored under Mike Norvell and a team that I feel is continuing to get better as the year goes on. Looking ahead on their schedule, they've got Clemson next week. Who knows what team you're going to see for Dabo Sweeney. They host Duke on the 21st of October, and in that big rivalry game, Miami's starting to look like it's going to have that importance that it once used to. Jordan Travis should still be in the Heisman conversation at that time. Now, one thing I love about this game, BC always does something. Well, I say always. Since 2014, they've had the red bandana game. And they do this every year since 2014 to honor former Boston College cross player, Wells Crowther. Uh, for those who don't know the story, Wells grew up, you know, he, he went to BC, always had a red bandana. His, gave, his dad gave him this red bandana. So it was kind of like his, his mark. And he ended up working in the South Tower. And that fateful morning, after the planes hit, there was a gentleman who was saving people and Wells parents kept trying to find, you know, find out what really happened. And they started to see survivor recounts of this young man with the red bandana, with a red neckerchief that was leading people to safety. And they knew that that was Wells. And I think they estimated he saved what they believed to be 14 people. Um, he, he could have left with the first round of people he saved, getting them to safety, but he kept going back up. Uh, it's just one of the coolest things that they do. And, you know, to, to kind of bring an honor to somebody who fell, uh, who gave their life on that uh, that tragic day to help save others. You know, he had volunteered. Um, he wanted to be a New York City fireman. He had worked in his hometown uh, as a volunteer firefighter when he was in high school, uh, just always thinking about everybody else. And it's one of the coolest things, I think, the Red Bandana game at Boston College. Now, the Knowles are favored by 26 with an over of 48. I would probably take the Seminoles 
giving the 26 points. Texas, now, you'll hear I've got three episodes to drop. I got this one today. And then I've got two interviews. I got, and speaking of Texas, Sean Clinch is going to join me. I've got an interview with him. He used to cover sports in Oklahoma, and he was a newscaster in Central Texas, Eastern Texas. Covers, you know, the the University of Texas. Very knowledgeable about Texas football. I'm going to talk to him about the game last week against uh, the University of Alabama and the move for Oklahoma and Texas into the SEC. So be sure you listen to that. Also, just to let you know, from right here in Birmingham, for those of you guys that listen, Damian Mitchell from the McElroy and Kublik in the morning show, um, that he's going to join me. And I think Damien, I love Damien. I love listening to him. Good, fresh, young mind in this world of sports. So we're going to chop it up, talk a little football as well. But Texas hosts Wyoming, coming off the biggest win for Texas, I thought, since Vince Young found the corner that night in Rose Bowl. Um, you'll find out what Sean said he thinks is the biggest win since. It kind of surprised me when he said it was the biggest win since for the University of Texas. The Cowboys... 2-0 and on the year, but you pose no problem for the Horns. Andrew Peasley leads the Cowboys' offense in Austin, where the crowd, I'm sure, is going to be quite raucous. Texas is favored by 30. The line open at 28, over a 48-and-a-half. I, I don't know if Wyoming has the firepower to keep up. You know, if Xavier Worthy, A.D. Mitchell, those guys continue to have that kind of success, um, it'll be close. I've talked to a couple of people I know that are Texas fans. They want to see a close game. It is a lot of points. I would probably take Wyoming getting the 30 points right now if I had to. USC is off this week. Um, they travel to Arizona State on the 23rd, but they've made enough news. Lincoln Riley just needs to shut up. I I'm tired of hearing this guy talk, and I, I just quit talking about Oklahoma. He's saying people are trying to break into his house. No, yes, I, I think every fan base... There's a 90% good of every fan base. Then there's that 2%. Did somebody probably call? Sure. There's no police. It's just, I'm tired of Lincoln Riley. I'm tired of it. I just wish he would just keep Oklahoma out your mouth. Number six, Ohio State should have another uh, stat stuffer game this weekend as they welcome the Hilltopper from Western Kentucky to the horseshoe Marvin Harrison Jr. got going last week, and I would imagine more of the same for the Buckeyes. Kyle McCord has this last week to really kind of get fine-tuned uh, on that offense before their biggest test of the year, playing Notre Dame and that defense next week. Ohio State is favored by 29.5 to over 64. I'd probably take that over in this one. I think they, I think they easily beat Western Kentucky. Penn State, number seven, takes on the road for the first time this year as they head to Champaign to take on the Illini. Drew Aller leads a really good Nittany Lion offense, and the defense should be able to put the clamps on a struggling Illinois offense led by Luke Altmeyer. Had two interceptions in the game last week against Kansas and also their leading rusher. Penn State favored by 14 and a half. The over of 48 and a half, I would probably give the 14 and a half in this. Washington, number eight, travels to East Lansing to take on Michigan, and I'm sure the players in Sparty Land are just ready to play football and move past all this Mel Tucker news. But sadly, the Huskies are coming to town with one of the most high-powered offenses in the country, led by Michael Penix Jr. And the I think the experience that Penix has against Penn, uh, Michigan State, excuse me, from his years of playing at Indiana and in the game last year, three games against Michigan State, Penix Jr. has thrown for over 1,000 yards with nine touchdowns and a rushing touchdown. And plus, Washington brings a real nasty defense that likes to hit and try to force uh, quick turnovers for quick points. Washington favored by 16 and a half. I think I give, I would take Washington minus that 16 and a half all day. Number nine, Notre Dame welcomes Central Michigan to South Bend. Sam Hartman has proven to be a valued pickup in the transfer portal as he has taken complete control of this Irish offense. I think he has a better command than McCord of the Ohio State offense for next week's matchup of top 10 teams. 
Barring a huge upset, I think it's still a matchup of top 10 teams. Um, not here. Notre Dame favored by 34 and a half over a 51 and a half. I, I, I would probably, I would probably give the, uh, I probably give the points. I'd probably take Notre Dame minus the points. Number 10, Alabama on the road in a true non-conference road game with something they don't do often. As they head to Tampa to take on South Florida, the Bulls should be worried as I think after last week's showing the title come out and look to put South Florida away with a quickness. The line has to get better as SEC play starts next week for the Tide as they welcome Ole Miss. Alabama's favored by 33 with an over of 61. I don't know about the 33 points. I'd probably take the over. Just thinking about, no, I'd take the under. Games outside the top 10, number 11, Tennessee heads to the swamp. You know, with how bad Utah struggled with Baylor, how bad is Florida? I think the Vols get it cranked up for Josh Heifel at offense, and I think the Big Orange gets their first victory in Gainesville since 2003. The line is Tennessee by six with an over of 58 and a half. That's, uh, it's one of my picks for this week, my locks. I'm taking Tennessee minus six at the Swamp. My boys, the Sooners, number 18, head to Tulsa to take on the Golden Hurricane. They got hammered last week by Washington. Now another high-powered offense comes to town. I think it's more the same. Oklahoma wins comfortably with Jackson Arnold probably seeing a big chunk of the second half. I would like to see the defense continue to grow, and hopefully Jeff Levy can move on past his mistakes and call a decent game you know, and positively move forward. Oklahoma's favored by 28.5 against Tulsa, over of 59.5. I would take the over. Uh, the points are a little bit iffy for me at 28.5, but I would take the over in that. Have to talk about Colorado. Um, First day since September 14th of 1996 that ESPN College Dame game is going to be in Boulder for a Buffaloes game. They take on Colorado State, and it was kind of a Monday. You know, they're they're playing good. They won two games. You know, they had a sellout crowd in Boulder. Then Jay Norvell had to open his mouth. Look, and I I, I love Jay. I got to know Jay when he was at the University of Oklahoma. Uh, I talked to him numerous times at events. Uh, actually shared oysters with him in New Orleans before the 2014 Sugar Bowl. Great guy. I, I love Jay Norvell. Big boxing fan, so we, we would always talk boxing. I don't agree with what Jay said, and Jay poked the bear. You know, he said, uh, you know, making a shot at Dion's like, you know, when I talk to adults, I take my glasses and my hat off, because that's what I was taught when I talked to adults. And then the clip surfaced of Dion talking to his team, saying they made it personal. And, and whatever motivation you have to use, and Dion is, is, from what I've seen, a great motivator. And now he's now he's going to have this. <laughs> Jay Norvell made it personal. I think Colorado wins this game very easily. I think Shador Sanders continues to play well. Travis Hunter can he continue to play both sides of the ball. I don't know, but it'll be funny. Now the week after that, Oregon and Colorado score off. It's already personal there because Dan Landing come out to say it doesn't matter that Colorado's leaving. What have they won? So we'll see. I think that's going to be the biggest test for Colorado next week. Like I said, next week's slate of games. Oh, my gosh. There are some football games in the college football world next week. But, you know, Colorado's favored by 23. I would probably take Colorado, given the 23 points. I know it's a rivalry game. It's Colorado State. They don't have Bradley Van Pelt back there running it for him. I, I think the Rams are going to be overmatched in this one. On to the NFL. Last night, it was uh, very ugly for the Minnesota Vikings. Actually, the first half was just kind of it's kind of weird watching that game between the Vikings and the Eagles. A lot of turnovers. Um, Cousins, I thought Cousins played extremely well for Minnesota after having not a great first game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But Jalen runs for two, throws for a touchdown, and the Eagles hold off the Vikings 34-28. to And Jake Elliott, man, that kid is kicking some field goals for the Eagles. Kicked a 61-yarder yesterday. Uh, but But, yeah. 
I think Kirk Cousins, 364 yards, four touchdowns. You know, Justin Jefferson, 11 receptions, 159 yards. I, this this rule that they have with the touchback, it, 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 need, it needs to be different. That was a hard one to kind of to kind of look at last night in that game. But the NFL this week, the Packers and the Falcons square off in Atlanta. Jordan Love and Desmond Ritter. I still say keep your eye on Bijan Robinson. The Packers had an easier time last weekend as they pummeled the Bears. Look for Ritter to find his go-to guy on Kyle Pitts. The game is in Atlanta. Atlanta favored by one and a half. The over of 40 and a half. I, I like the Packers getting one and a half points. I, I think the Packers win straight up. I think I put that down as one of my picks. The Raiders and the Bills. This is a big game for Josh Allen. After that terrible game on Monday night, three interception game, if Max Crosby could get to, to Allen, force some turnovers, Buffalo Bill fans are not going to be happy. Already thinking, is this team's window closing? Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't asked to do anything really spectacular against Denver. Jacoby Myers and DeAndre Carter are listed as questionable, and that's something to keep an eye on for wide receiver depth. The Bills are favored by eight. It's it's a big number. I would probably take the Raiders getting the eight points in that game, the over of 47. Ravens and the Bengals, Joey Burrow and the team want to shake off that dreadful showing last week against Cleveland, especially for Joe Burrow. The man threw for 82 yards. Defense didn't play much better. Lamar Jackson and his new weapon that I think he's going to love this year. A guy that I think challenges Bijan Robinson for offensive rookie of the year, Zay Flowers. They're going to have opportunities. Can you make things happen? Cincinnati, though, favored by three. It's in Cincinnati. And the way the Bengals played, I just don't know if I could take them. I would probably take the Ravens plus three in this game. Seattle goes to Detroit with the Lions coming off their exciting victory over the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. will get the opportunity to play at home in front of their home crowd. Crowd's going to be a little juiced up. Jared Goff played with extreme poise, played well. I like the defense and the makeup of this Lions team. Look for Gibbs to get the ball a few more times for those guys in the Honolulu Blue jerseys. Seattle struggled to get any offense going against the Rams last week and could face some struggles against Detroit this week. Uh, I, I like Detroit in this game. Chargers at Tennessee. Both teams coming off opening weekend losses. Justin Herbert threw for 229 and a touchdown. Austin Eckler had 16 carries and 117 yards, but there's reports out there he may not play this weekend, so keep an eye out for that. And the and the Chargers defense just got picked apart by two in Miami. I don't know if Tennessee has the kind of offense with Tannehill that you know can really take advantage of what the char- what Miami did to the Chargers. You know, but DeAndre Hopkins is, is going to have to get more than 65 yards on seven catches. Derrick Henry needs to get, you know, back to what Derrick Henry does, more than 63 yards. Tannehill, three interceptions that game as well. Chargers favored by three. I would take the Chargers, giving three points there. Chicago heads to Tampa. The Bears, they looked as bad as usual. I, I just, I'm I'm not a believer in Justin Fields. Tampa got an impressive win on the road up in Minnesota. Reports are circulating that Baker Mayfield is dealing with some shoulder soreness, but it's something, you know, I've got a clip of when I interviewed Baker before his first season, and he was talking about um, some shoulder soreness. So I think it's something that's kind of always been going on with Baker, but he's been at all practices. And I just, like I said, about Justin Fields, I just, you know, I'm just not sold on it. And I think if he plays, especially in front of the home crowd, you know, with the cannons firing, Baker's going to want to give the crowd a W. And I think Justin Fields is what Justin Fields is. I just don't think he's going to be a good quarterback in the NFL. I'm sorry. Tampa favored by two and a half. I would take Tampa giving the two and a half to over 41. Kansas City and Jacksonville. Big matchup there, a rematch in the playoffs last year. The Chiefs may not have Travis Kelsey again, and Jax may have some bad blood towards the Chiefs after being knocked out of the playoffs last year by the eventual Super Bowl champions. But with Calvin Ridley added to the arsenal for Trevor Lawrence, the Jags could be telling the Chiefs, look what you made me do. Adding a weapon like Ridley, you know, the Jags have style, but the Chiefs said all the right things after the loss of the Lions. Their leader, Patrick Mahomes, says we have to shake it off. 
And Andy Reid looks to improve and tell everyone that he's the mastermind and not be enemy with his offense. But as I said, even in the loss to the Lions, the Chiefs will be there in the end, and it'll be nothing new. Kansas City favored by three and a half. I like Kansas City at home to win this game. Colts and the Texans, both teams have a first-year quarterback. Both teams coming off an uh, opening weekend loss. So one of these teams is going to get their first win. The Colts are led by Anthony Richardson, who at one point, they led the Jaguars late in the game. Still running back depth issue for the Colts. But I feel top to bottom, still a better team than Houston. C.J. Stroud did not play poorly. Will Anderson Jr. is going to be a force to reckon with. I just favor the Colts a little bit more in this matchup. Texans favored by one. I'd probably take the Colts giving a point here. 49ers travel to the Rams. Now, while the Rams played well without their top receiver in Cooper Cup, the 49ers dismantled the Steelers and now have another week of Bosa getting some reps, being more game ready. That could be problematic for Matthew Stafford. The rookie, Puka Nakua, played well. But Christian McCaffrey, Raymond McLeod, they're just, they're much better. George Kittle, that offense, plus that defense, they're just better than anything that the Rams have. Also, the 49ers have beaten the Rams eight straight times. Seven and a half points is a lot. Man, I just, without those guys, I, I, I would probably take San Francisco giving them seven and a half. That's a big spread in the NFL. But I like San Francisco at the over 44 and a half. I, I, I don't know if Matthew Stafford can score that many points. I just, I don't without Cooper Cup. We'll see. The Giants at Arizona, are the Giants that bad or is the Dallas defense that good? I think it's a little bit of both. And the Cardinals showed some fight in Washington in another week of Josh Dobbs getting more comfortable getting reps with the offense. The defense can be a problem with guys like Zayvon Collins on the edge. Saquon Barkley, Darren Waller have to get going for the Giants. If I'm Arizona, I continue to blitz as much as the Cowboys did. Put pressure on Daniel Jones. Giants favored by four. I would probably take Arizona getting points in this one, just for me. Because Arizona, I think after their after their last nine losses, are 7-1-1. One, and one. So they, they tend to bounce back. The Jets and the Cowboys, a game with two very, very good defenses. The Cowboys may have a little more on offense, but both teams can score in multiple ways, whether it being special teams or defensively. Micah Parsons is a man possessed. Quinnen Williams is an absolute unit to deal with in the middle. And Jordan Whitehead, I love this, had three interceptions in the game Monday night, right? Everyone knows that these guys have clauses, escalators in their contracts. He had a clause in his contract, three interceptions on the year. On the year, gave him a $250,000 bump bonus. Cashed out Monday Night Football Week 1. I love it. Zach Wilson and Brees Hall look to lead this Jets offense after the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Dak and C.D., have to keep the Dallas Cowboy offense going. Dallas favored by nine. Man, that's a lot of points. I just, with these defenses, I think it stays closer than that. I think Dallas still wins, but I would take the Jets giving the nine points. I may be completely wrong, and maybe Dallas is that team this year. I don't know. I need to see more. Both defenses are very good. I would still take the Jets getting nine points. The Broncos host the commander, Sam Howell and uh, Bienemy look to have this offense firing a lot more, uh, a lot smoother than they did last week with those three first quarter turnovers. I'd love to see Brian Robinson get into a good rhythm. Let Terry McLaurin and Jahan Doxon eat on the boundaries. Denver had their struggles as well. Samaj P. Ryan, you know, was their best player in offense last week on the offensive side of the ball. Now they should get Jerry Judy back which should help the offense. He'll make his debut after suffering a hamstring injury in camp. The line is Denver by three and a half with an over of 39. I know it's homerish, but I would take Washington getting the three and a half points if I had to choose. Sunday night, the Fins are in Foxborough taking on the Pats. Tua and Tyreek look to continue to put up big numbers like they did last week against the Chargers. The offensive line did a great job not allowing any sacks, giving Tua time to find his targets down the field. Kendrick Bourne, the seventh-year man from Eastern Washington, was Mac Jones' go-to target last week against Philly. 
Tua is unbeaten in four starts against the Pats. Miami favored by three, the over of 46 and a half. I'd probably go with Miami given the points in that. Monday night, we got two games on Monday night. How about that? The Saints and the Panthers. Derek Carr leads the Saints to victory in his debut as a starter, throwing for over 300 yards and a touchdown. Chris Olave is a special talent, and I'm enjoying watching him develop into one of the best receivers in the NFL for the Saints. The Saints offense looked to take advantage of the Panthers' secondary that will likely be missing the services of quarterback Jace Horn. Bryce Young loves Hayden Hurst. You saw that in the first game. Early on in a decent ground attack in week one with Miles Sanders putting up 72 yards. Saints favored by three. It's on the road. I think the experience at quarterback gives it to the Saints. I would probably take the Saints uh, minus three points in that. I think it'll be close. Cleveland at Pittsburgh. Cleveland looked great. Pittsburgh did not. Both were surprised to me. Kenny Pickett got tossed around by the 49er defense. And if the Browns play like they did against the Bengals, it could be more of the same. Nick Chubb is Nick Chubb and will grind it out at over 100 yards last week. I think George Pickens gets going, but we have to see. That that connection, I still think, could be very dangerous for the Steelers this year. Cleveland favored by two and a half in Pittsburgh. I know that doesn't set well with those who wave the terrible towel. Cleveland favored by two and a half points. I would probably take Pittsburgh. I think they have a bounce back week. That's just me. But that's a look at the NFL this week. You know, my wife works this weekend, so it's just going to be me and the kids. And I'll have Sunday ticket on, watching the games, flipping around after I do my grocery shopping and stuff for the week. And I'm going to have to find some more of, like, the pot stickers and stuff. We got a steamer, and we used it the other night for some uh, some dumplings. Man, it was so good. I made a little homemade sauce with um, some peanut butter, some rice wine vinegar, some hot honey. And a little soy sauce. You want to talk about a fantastic dipping sauce for like some pot stickers and some dumplings? That's what it is. Get a little chicken satay sticks. But yeah, get get you a steamer. Steam. I'm going to steam some fish. My wife doesn't like fish. But I like fish. So I'm going to steam some fish through that. Good hearty meal. Trying to be a little bit healthier. Um, but yeah, man, that steamer, whew, I love it. Stay tuned. I'm going to post some more recipes coming up. My picks for the week. Seven picks. First couple are going to be in the uh, the college side. Washington, minus 17 at Michigan State. Huskies, I think, are going to dismantle Michigan State. Give me Washington, minus a 17. Tennessee, minus 6 at Florida. I, I, I like Tennessee. I think they win the game outright. Obviously, I think they win by more than 6. My upset that I'm picking, and no, this is not because I don't like them as a team, but I've got South Alabama plus 7 over Oklahoma State. I think South Alabama could go in there and win outright. Texas and Wyoming, I'm taking the over at 48 and a half. I think it's a safe bet there. I just, I, I think that's what happens. You know, you score 34 in Alabama. I think you could put 40 up on Wyoming pretty easily. NFL action Packers plus one and a half over the Falcons. I just think Jordan Love and what that offense is doing, clicking a little bit more than the Falcons. It's going to be indoors, controlled. I like the Packers getting the point. Tampa Bay minus two and a half over the Bears. I just don't think the Bears are that good. I, I don't. I think they're a terrible football team. Colts plus one over the Texans, and that's my seven picks. I was three and four last weekend. Hopefully, looking to bounce back and and really just have a a lot better weekend. But I appreciate uh, you know all the interaction that I've had. Again, look for the podcast coming up. I have interviews with Sean Clinch to talk about the University of Texas, its win over Alabama, and the upcoming move to the SEC. And also joining me from Jocks 94.5 FM here in Birmingham, Damian Mitchell. We're going to talk about the SEC and just talk about ball in general. 
And thank you for tuning in to another delicious episode of Sports Bites, where we dished out the perfect blend of sports and food for your ears. I hope you savored the flavor of our discussions and found them as satisfying as your team winning on the field. If you're hungry for more, don't forget to subscribe, rate, interview the podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Stay connected with us on all social media for the latest updates, mouthwatering recipes, and sports insights that hit the spot. Until next time, remember to keep your appetite for sports and food alive, and may your game day snacks always be on point. Good day, everyone, and remember to always positively move forward.